rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's up, guys? Hello, my name is Tara Devlin, and this is Unapologetic Liberal Talk on the Right Side of History, Decency, Dignity, Democracy. This is for real patriots. We're reclaiming the mantle of patriotism. That is, that was unfairly, well, well, whatever. That's what they do. I was going to say unfairly, unfairly stolen from, from the normal patriots. But what do we mean unfair? What am I talking about? That's how they roll. Of course they would steal patriotism. What else do they have? They suck. All right. Um, yeah, it's conservatism. Conservatism is really the bane of humanity, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, so we're doing a show, okay? We try to do a daily show at a set time. We need to do a daily show at a set time. And in order to do that, we need your support. This is completely viewer-funded liberal talk. So become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And uh, that'll help us keep going and growing. And eventually we'll have a daily show at a set time. And in the meantime, I thank you for your flexibility. Um, the, the, it's very difficult. I understand that it's hard for, you know, it's hard to um, really build uh, a consistent audience when you're not doing a show at a consistent time. So um, we do have a lot of... Uh, really dedicated supporters and viewers. So I thank you guys because it really, you, you, I feel like we, I mean, not feeling, feelings aren't facts, but we're in this together and that's the truth. So I can't do it without you and thank you so much. All right. Um, let me see. I see you there, Arthur, in the chat room at youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tarabuster. Don't worry, other people will show up soon. It's very lonely there right now, but it's all right. Don't worry about it. You'll, you're not alone. We're here. We're in this together. All right. So I thought let's let, let me do a show. Even though we didn't, I, I was I put the challenge out last night. If we get a patron, we'll do a show. But we didn't get a patron, so we're still doing a show. Why not? I, you got to do a show. You just, because the, the thing is, it's not just about the show. It's about the country. <laughs> I, I, that's why I do the show. Really. I would, I could be a lot happier, frankly, if I tuned out. I'm just not that way. I can't. I know that people do that, but my whole life, I've not been able to turn away from the car wreck that is um, unfolding, right, in slow motion. Now it's now it's a little bit more rapid, but the the fascist, um, the the um, the road to fascism. I've as soon as I became politically aware and a little bit more informed about history and and politics and the country and the the history of this country and the reality that we're living in, it started to. Uh, it started to concern me. Um, so that's why we're doing the show, because we need um, a real liberal media. And the only way we're going to win 
is, and I mean, when we win, everybody wins. That's the whole thing. This is the thing about Republicans. Their whole, this is another thing that we do, we're trying to do on the show. Not only reclaim the mantle of patriotism, but also just reframe the, uh, or shift shift the paradigm in the way that, other people who may not, who, who are just probably used to, you get numb to the, uh, to the fascist, in, in the, uh, the, the constant inundation of the of fascism and the, the ugly behavior of the right wing, where we, I'm trying to push other liberal talk show hosts and even corporate media talk show host to, to to challenge these right wingers that because um, well, they they do people on corporate media discuss how the right wingers are all about triggering the libs like as if that's that that's like a normal thing if you're if your whole ideology is based on triggering or annoying your fellow Americans, well, I got news for you, Bubby. You're not a patriot, okay? You're not. That's of you're very sick, yes, but you're not a patriot because being a patriot means that you love not just the what country, what con- what do you love about the country, Republicans? You know, this is another thing that drives me insane. What do they love about it? You can't love the country. You can't say you're a patriot when you hate everybody in the damn country. So, but um, what do you love about America? So um, we're reclaiming that the mantle of patriotism, and we're also reframing the whole conservative mentality that it's sick. No, it's not acceptable. If your if that's your motivation is oh I can't wait to trigger they, this really triggers them here trigger, wh- what are you doing? See, my motivation is to get you universal health care, scumbag, and uh, living wages, retirement security, a decent middle class life. How about that? It's not about triggering you, although that's usually what happens along the road until uh, this is what's happened. And every time this country has taken a leap forward uh, to becoming a more perfect union, whenever we do something that leaves nobody behind or they <laughs> I'm reading your 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 text and I'm a recover, <laughs> recovering Republican, Arthur says in the in the chat. I am sorry. No, no, no apologies. You don't need to apologize. You're, uh, you're here now. That's what counts. Each moment, uh, each day, a new beginning, right? So, um, what was I saying? Yes, the, uh, yeah, whatever. If you're, if you're trying to trigger your fellow Americans, you got a problem. You're sick and you're not a patriot. So there you go. That's why we're the real patriots. Because even though I cannot stand them, you know, I really can't. And we'll we'll show you some 
just more i mean we bring the receipts that's what the that's what we do here on the show we not only talk about them but we bring the receipts but you know i just uh i just can't stand them what I, even though i can't stand them i'm not trying to i'm not trying to trigger them we're just trying to have a functioning society that's not the motivating factor here the motivating factor is to talk about what it means to be a um, a constitu- to live in a constitutionally limited democratic republic, a diverse nation of 320 million people who not not all white people, you know, uh, we're a nation of immigrants. How do we get along? How do we move forward and make um, e pluribus unum our action plan? So, yeah. And um, as to be expected, uh, the thing that, all right, so what, what did I name the show tonight? The thing that pissed me off today. This is really probably another reason I wanted to do the show is because I got so irritated earlier when I was watching. I mean, somebody came to the chat room the other day and they were like, are we still bashing Joe Biden here? I guess they were someone who used to watch the show during the primaries. I mean, I don't call bashing a... um, If you're talking about the history of someone's political life and that's bashing, then, you know what I mean, we need to uh, redefine what what bashing means because... We, we really need to look into that or look into the candidates. I was no, I made no secret that Joe Biden was not my first choice, but I would have voted for Tara Jr. Jr. Um, if whoever had a D after their name to get rid of the fascist cancer, the active cancer on the, the body politic. I mean, he's still a cancer and he's still active. That's what sucks. But, um, it's not about bashing but today joe biden really pissed me off and um we'll play the clip the um so because the republicans as as to be expected are they're blocking the january 6th commission of course they are after kirsten kristen cinema and even even after Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin begged them, please to be bipartisan, because that's what matters, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh please, please, um, where is it? Where the hell is it? Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin is so pathetic. Now they're teaming up. These two teaming up to be two uh, roadblocks to the, the, it's really, you know what? It, this afternoon when I saw the, um, where the heck is it? Come on, guys. I know. I know. I, of course, I saw on Twitter the, it came across the Twitter feed how the Republicans are about to, they're, they're blocking, they're going to block the January 6th commission. Yeah, Senate Republicans set to block creation of a January 6th commission, of course. And poor um, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, 
just a couple of days ago, they released a a, a joint statement, the two of them, because they're they understand. I suppose I don't know what Kristen Sinema's problem is. Um, she used to be supposedly a progressive. Of course, clearly she's more of a sociopath. But um, they released a joint statement. Manchin and Cinema's plea, here's from MSNBC, uh, the NBC News website, Manchin and Cinema's plea to Senate Republicans on January 6th commission, work with us. The plea from the Democrats who argued against abolishing the filibuster comes as few Republicans say they'll even consider voting for the January 6th commission. And uh, Daria Gregorian and Julie Tur- Turskin, why, why are these names so hard for me? Um, they write, two Senate Democrats issued a joint statement Tuesday pleading with Senate Republicans to work with us on establishing a commission to investigate storming the Capitol on January 6th. We implore our Senate Republican colleagues and they said Republican, of course, uh, to work with us to find a path forward on a commission to examine the events of January 6th. A bipartisan commission to investigate the events of that day has passed the House of Representatives with a bipartisan vote. This bipartisan, I'm going to hear this in my nightmares bipartisan who cares bipartisan with traitors all right let's let me bring it back to earth these two uh, these two sociopaths these two um succubuses of american democracy Kristen cinema and joe manchin the kings the king and queen of america clearly they uh, they're they're pining for bipartisanship, like battered spouses pining for an abuser. Are you kidding me? Come on. A bipartisan commission. Let me see. Oh, with a bipartisan vote. Who can, like I I never hear. Unless well, you do hear the Republicans. They'll say bipartisan when they're trying to push more of their scummy, anti-American, anti-democratic bull crap. But you never, do you really ever hear them pine for bipartisanship like this? So they, they go to their constituents and they boast how much they're in, intransient. Or is that the word? Intransients. I can't talk intransigence is that well what you know what i'm saying how much they will not work with the the other side and they've so vilified the democratic party they can't even call the democratic party by its goddamn name all right that's what gets me and i know mark i see you mark on the chat mark our millennial correspondent and Mark has his own show. We and Mark will have. We need to coordinate. All right, when you want to come on the show here. All right, I'm just saying. So hit me up on Discord or something. All right. But um, what was I saying? Uh, shit. What the hell was I saying? Mark, I said. 
Oh, fuck. Our millennial correspondent. It just went out of my head. I was making a point in my mind, and it went out of my head. All right, oh, it'll come back to me. You know what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens when you get old, Mark. I mean, don't ever do it. Well, no, no. That's not true. Because what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, that's what people say. They'll, people will say to me, don't ever get old. And then I'll just say, what's the alternative? You know? I'd rather get old. All right. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't have that privilege. Okay. So a bipartisan commission to investigate the events of that day has passed the House with a bipartisan vote. Who cares? This is I'm reading from their statement. Who cares? Wow. I'm so impressed that a couple of people who put the con man in office um, decided that maybe they've had enough, but only a handful. It's not like the whole damn party. The whole damn party is irredeemable. They're attached to the big lie. And if they're if they're not attached to the big liar, look at Liz Cheney. She's all in on the voter suppression laws that the Republicans are passing based on the big lie of the of the of the tax cheating, draft dodging, dictator and being con man who received fewer votes. In fact, let me see. Because today he was tweeting, not tweeting, because thank God he's off Twitter. But I, one frustrating thing about this Telegram that he's on, the Telegram account, you can't respond to it because he just puts the shit out. You can only like it or, or put an uh, American flag emoji on it. I mean, it's just, no, I want to say you are a filthy fascist liar, but you just can't. Um, where is it? Here's, here's what, first of all, let's just, he's been, he's been dinging up a storm like every day. I like, and yesterday when we did the show, it was, we were praying that he would stroke out. I'm still praying that that's going to be a great day. It'll happen. Um, so he, this is his statement for Memorial Day. With Memorial Day weekend coming up, Tomorrow, people start driving in the biggest automobile days of the year. I'm sorry to say the gasoline prices that you will be confronted with are far higher than they were just a short number of months ago when we had gasoline under $2 a gallon. Remember, as you're watching the meter tick and your dollars pile up, how great a job Donald Trump did as president. Soon Russia and the Middle East will be making a fortune on oil. And you will be saying how good it was to have me as your president. Wasn't it great to be energy independent? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Um, but we are energy independent no more. Shame, shame, shame. He, I'm, I'm reading verbatim what he's right, what he wrote. Other than that, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. 
Oh my god! I just realized my cup is broken. My resist cup has got a chip in it. I have to order a new one. Um, listen, I, I just read that Memorial Day statement. Anywhere in that statement say anything about Memorial Day? What the purpose of Memorial Day is? No, it's not um, to praise the, 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 the tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man who received fewer votes, but apparently it is. Remember, as you're watching the meter tick, being energy independent? No, now we're energy independent no more. Happy Memorial Day. It's disgusting. These people are disgusting. The, everything that they stand for is bullshit. You realize that. I know that you guys realize that. But their, their whole um, support the troops, their veneration of all things military, all things police. But it's not about, they don't support the troops. They support authoritarianism. That's what it's about. It's a, that's their whole veneration for the military. Uh, of, of course, from afar, though. Because they rarely serve. Scumbags like Twitler never serve. Of course they don't. They would never put on a uniform and serve something. But the fact is, um, they don't care about the military. And we see they don't care about the cops. They only care about power and autocracy. And that's the bottom line. If the cops get in the way of their power grab, you see what they're doing the, on January, about January 6th. They don't care. They don't care who had a heart attack, who killed themselves, who, uh, who's fleeing the Capitol Police Force because they can't take it anymore. They don't give a shit about the morale of the Capitol Police officers. Could you imagine being one of those Capitol Police officers? I can't. That you have to, you have to, you still have to protect the likes of Ted Cruz and uh, Josh Harley and all the rest of them, the Mitch McConnells, when they walk into the Capitol. You still have to put your life on the line to protect them from the mob that's coming again. Okay? Trust me. It's not over. We know that. The Republicans, they haven't learned their lesson. They're using this as a springboard. That's why they don't want to investigate January 6th, because they're in on it. We know they're in on it, and more they know they're in on it. And they know that January 6th, not, it doesn't look good for them. It's for their power grab, people, uh, the American people don't like that. Oh, maybe the 30% of the, of the fascists who make up the Republican base, they like that, of course, because they don't like democracy. They never did. But this is what it's been about from, from the beginning. They don't want to have a functioning democracy. They want to destroy it. They want to dismantle it. And they are doing that. So b let's believe them. So they're dismantling democracy by hook and by crook and by every 
filthy, disgusting Republican dirty trick under the sun. And then um, what, what, what's the Democrats doing? Begging them. Oh, please. Please be bipartisan. We gave you everything you want. Well, guess what? They don't care. They do not give a crap what you gave them because they want it all. They don't want a bipartisan compromise. They want the death of democracy. And they're not going to stop. They're going to put a speed bump down for, um, for bipartisanship? How does this fit into the scheme? How does it, does it get them one step closer to destroying democracy? Bipartisanship? Does, how does that work out? They don't give a crap. It's, they know what they're dealing with. They know that, they're, that their base are a bunch of authoritarians. They're authoritarian followers. Because the ones who aren't authoritarian followers have already jumped ship. You see, all the Democrats, I mean, all the Republicans who, the Steve Schmitz of the, of the world, the uh, Michael Steeles of the world, these, the, the former head of the Republican National Committee, they, they all jump ship to, because they're, I guess, not authoritarian followers, but um, as far as Steve Schmidt and um, Michael Steele are concerned, they got us here. They helped get us here. Every line that's crossed got us a little bit closer. And this is what is so concerning in general, because once you cross those lines, like history has shown us, you never go back. So there is no future in bipartisan whining and pining for for the abuser that's not how we will have a uh, a country that's that's worthy of us a, a constitutional democracy where we won't have it a constitutionally limited democratic republic you know what i'm saying that's not how it happens uh, with with a bunch of traitors? You're going to bipartisan with them? They have to be eradicated. I mean, legally and peacefully. I'm not talking about them as humans. They the, the whole greed-centered death cult of republicanism needs to be stamped out. You know, Nancy Pelosi always talks about, we need to crush the virus. We have to crush the virus. Well, we got to crush. We got a virus, all right, in our body politic, and that needs to be crushed. You don't, you don't negotiate with it. You don't say, please. You do what you do. You got to, you, you take the power you have and ensure that these pricks don't get anywhere near the, anywhere near the ability to dismantle it. I mean, we read that whole, um, what was it, a couple of a couple of shows ago, we read the whole t- um, tweet, the, the series of tweets that another Republican, uh, op- his, um, he used to be a Republican operative, Rick, was it Rick Smith? Wait, 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 yeah. 
uh, Rick Smith. Is that his name? Now it's going, it's escaping me. Yeah, Rick Smith. No, 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 not Rick Smith. Somebody else, somebody on the chat will tell me. You know what I mean? Um, shit, why can't I remember? Maybe I'm having uh, early Alzheimer's or something. God help me. That's twice. Two things went out of my head. No, it's not. I just can't remember the guy's name. That's the problem. I think it's Rick Smith. Anyway, whatever. He had a series of tweets where he explained, and we read them on the air, that the that the Republicans... Is it Rick Wilson? No, I don't think it's him. Wait. Hold on. Rick... Let me see if I can find it. Because uh, he said that Republicans are evil. Rick, yes. Is it Rick Wilson? This is driving me nuts now. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Thank you guys on the chat. You are my producers and my, you're half my, you're the other half of my mind that's gone. Yes, that's what it, it's Rick Wilson. Why am I saying Rick Smith? Because that's another, but he's a Democrat, so, um, Let's see, Republicans. Yes, here he we 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 read it. We won't read read the whole thing, but he he wrote Democrats shouldn't negotiate with terrorists over the January sixth commission because the bottom line is they're not they're, they're not sincere. They're not interested in having a functioning democracy. They are evil. I mean, that's the words he used: evil. Democrats have no choice because they only the only choice has been thrust upon him, them. They can continue to indulge the GOP and pretend that this nation still has two pro-American parties, or they can do their duty and stand up for truth, justice, and the American way. Isn't that insane? I mean, this is where we're, we are. And so this is really what pissed me off today, besides everything else. Uh, so Joe Biden went out to whatever. He went to an ice cream shop. That's whatever. He deserves ice cream, too. We all do. We all deserve ice cream every now and then. But here, let's play it. Oh, wait. Hold on. Now here comes the music. What you're doing for the country. I'll wait for it to pass. All right, here's Joe Biden, and there are a bunch of people around him and the press. What you're doing for the country. Hi. Oh, thank you. Mr. President, what did you order? Chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Mr. President, what is your message to Republicans who are prepared to block the January 6th? Eat some chocolate chocolate chip. Oh my God. Eat some chocolate chocolate chip. What are your, what's your message to the, to the Republicans who are blocking the January 6th commission? Eat some chocolate chocolate chip. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, it goes on. Listen. January 6th commission. Eat some chocolate chocolate yeah, chip. Yeah, eat some ice cream. Yeah, eat some 
some ice cream, somebody in the crowd says. Yeah. Compromise and common ground on that? On um, the commission? I, I think it's... I can't imagine anyone voting against the establishment of a commission on the greatest assault since the Civil War on the, on the Capitol. But at any rate, hey guys, I can't for ice cream. That's right. Are you kidding me? Well, at any rate, I came for ice cream. The greatest assault on the on the government since the Civil War. But anyway, I came for ice cream. Are they kidding around? Well, you know what? I came for a functioning democracy, okay? That wasn't filled with traitors. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing the show. I, that's why I get out of bed in the morning in this godforsaken country. Oh, I came for ice cream. Anyone voting against the establishment of a commission on the greatest assault since the Civil War on the, on the Capitol. But at any rate, hey guys, I came for ice cream. That's right. Yeah. Did you hear that, lady? Yeah, that's right. You came for ice cream. Don't talk about this. So unseemly. My God. Uh, uh, are you kidding me? I, I, it's beyond words, really. What are you talking? It's not... Okay, you're allowed to eat some freaking ice cream. But... You know what it reminded me of? This. Stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. All right. What's the difference? None. In my view. The greatest assault against this country since uh, since the Civil War. Well, I came for ice cream. Well, with that kind of um, urgency and seriousness, well, you, we could see how uh, we're in good hands here when it comes to this. Oh, trust me, I'm glad Joe Biden is the president. Yeah, I voted for him. But... Are you, uh, please, please, Democrats, don't do this to me again. Don't blow it again. We're in this position because of the weak-ass, feckless Democrats, and it doesn't ever seem to stop. How many, how many times do we have to go down this road? Now, uh, with... We got, forget Joe Biden for a second, this, this Joe Manchin, let's go back to him. Hold on a second. Joe Manchin. So many things to talk about. It never stops. I like some good news now and then, you know what I mean? Joe Manchin, he released a statement. Where is it? Come on world come on world here he, he tweeted out 
There is no excuse for any Republican to vote against this commission since Democrats have agreed to everything they asked for. Ain't that like the Democrats? Well, that doesn't matter, does it? Because, like I said, Republicans don't care. They're not interested in a functioning society. They're not interested in it. They're interested in autocracy and power. And that means destroying democracy. And they're on their way. We gave them everything they asked for. Mitch McConnell has made this his political position, thinking it will help his 2022 elections. They do not believe the truth will set you free, so they continue to live in fear. What does that mean? They don't believe the truth will set you free. They don't care about truth. Fascism has no interest in truth. Fascism makes the truth. They make it up. Come on, camera. They have, they don't believe the truth will set you free. They continue to live in fear. Oh, can't you feel the weight of his, his anger, his determination to fix this country and make things right? No, this is ridiculous. It's the same, we constantly go through this pantomime. And now Joe Manchin has a co-conspirator with Kristen Cinema. I don't know what, I mean, this, there's something really wrong with that woman. Oh, but Tara, she's the first bisexual ever elected in Congress. Well, I'm sure she's not the first, but the, the first supposedly open bisexual. Don't you feel um, like we've really come a long way, baby? Who cares about that? The first bisexual. Wow. I, I, I really feel like she's, she's, a, she's a phony anyway. She had to pick bisexual. She wanted to be something different, I suppose. So I'm going to be the first bisexual. I, that's me. Thumbs down. Thumbs down on a living wage. Oof, God. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Of course, always, Jim. I really appreciate it. This is their statement. The event, this, they, they released a joint statement because it takes two of them to come up with this kind of crap. Um, this, I, mean, I don't know, it takes two grown-ass senators to put this statement together. The events of January 6th were horrific. We could never have imagined an attack on Congress and our Capitol at the hands of our own citizens. In the hours and days following the attack, Republican and Democratic members of Congress condemned the violence and vowed to hold these respons those responsible, so um, responsible, accountable, so our democracy will never experience an attack like this again. A bipartisan commission to investigate the events of that day has passed the House of Representatives with a bipartisan vote, and it is a crucial step to ensuring our nation has never has to endure an attack at the hands of our countrymen again. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, everything they're doing ensures that we will, so... 
We implore our Senate Republican colleagues to work with us and find a path forward on a commission to examine the events of January 6th. Oh, my God. We implore them, the two of us, the, the two speed bumps the, on the road to uh, any kind of recovery, the two, the two speed bumps, well, uh, this, the two, two uh, enablers greasing the wheels of fascism. We implore any of you, any Republicans out there, where's your bipartisanship? I know we keep hearing about it, but they can't even get the filthy fascists to sign on to something they completely agree with. But you know what, guys? You you know this. I'm sure Joe Manchin knows this, but this is nothing new. We know all during the Obama years, this is what we're, the Democrats do. How much friggin' longer do we got to play uh, Lucy with the football with these, with these fascists? Really? Because all throughout Obama's presidency... The de- that's what Obama did. His strategy was to was to regurgitate Republican policies and bills, their very own bills, regurgitate them right back at them, in the hopes that he could get common ground, that the fever would break. He would say, "Oh, soon the fever will break." It didn't break. It never broke because this is the plan. It's not, they're not trying to have a functioning society. Well, a functioning democratic society. They want what Twitler is, 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 represents and what he wants. Autocracy. That's it. And here, it's like they never learn. What are they, every day, uh, what are they, a bunch of goldfish or something? Every day is like they they have no institutional memory? That's part of the problem of, of, of this country, by the way, anyway. And that's kind of what the Republicans try to promote and pet and push, that we have no institutional memory of anything. It's like... What? It's like when AOC is talking to Chuck Todd about the 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 ninety percent marginal tax rate on uh, the rich back during Eisenhower's day, and Chuck Todd is sitting there with that quizzical Tucker Carlson look, like, huh? And you know, you know, we're not supposed to, I guess, connect the dot. I don't even know. It's insane. So this is what we're up against. Wait, what happened here? What's all over social media? <sighs> Soaring ice cream rhetoric, Jim says. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well. I came here for ice cream. Well, I came here to have a a country that doesn't suck. I don't know. And there goes Joe Manchin yet again, the speed bump to that. And Kristen Cinema, who I I guess she feels like 
she sees Joe Manchin is the king of America, and she's like, I want some of that. She's something. There's something not right with that woman. Really, Kristen Cinema. She. I don't know. There's so many things wrong with her. She's damaged, emotionally damaged. Let me show here. Where is that picture? I was looking at the Washington Post, and they had a picture of the two of these freaks. And where is it here? Look at this. Look at that. What is she wearing? There Joe Manchin and Senator where is it? Where Senator Joe Manchin Wright and Senator Kristen Cinema spoke at the Capitol in Washington earlier this month. They're in the elevator, like, yeah, we gotta get these bipartisan bills passed. Bipartisan, 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 bipartisan. Yeah, yeah, bipartisan. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up to bipartisan, but thumbs down to living wages, right? Right, 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 Joe? You get a lot of airtime. I see what you're doing. You get, uh, you're on all different channels all the time. I want some of that. I want to be on MSNBC. I want to be phoning in on Fox News and Fox and Friends and The Five. I want to be the moderate voice of America because we don't have enough moderate voices. You know, that middle ground. So much to be said. That's all we... What's in the middle? Middle. What middle ground when we're tipping off a cliff into autocracy? What middle ground where the rich get richer, the working class become the working poor? Where's the middle ground in a country that went from the most to the least upwardly mobile in 40 years? Where's the middle ground? The middle ground is so far to the right that that's why we're in this mess. From the, from the New York Times, this was today, Manchin and Cinema implore Republicans to back the creation of the January 6th commission. The Democrats, Senator, whatever the hell, uh, blah, blah, blah. We, well, we read this already. We implore the maneuvering amounted to a long shot effort to salvage what may be the best chance at a full bipartisan accounting of the most violent attack on the Capitol in centuries. Well, that's all. It's not no biggie. And a stunning series of security failures around it, modeled after the panel that studied the September 11th attacks. The proposed commission would produce a report of its findings and recommendations to prevent a repeat. It was also bipartisan, crafted with key input from Republicans. Whatever. Still, GOP leaders have moved swiftly to try to destroy its chances. Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, and the minority leader. Yeah, like Kentucky. Think about that. Kentucky is leading us. Nobody cares about Kentucky. Like, no one wants to be like Kentucky. I hate to tell you. That's just the, the truth. Please, oh my God. Wait, where is it? It's like, so we, we, we've talked about it on the show before. Christopher Browning, World War II historian, 
notes that Mitch McConnell is the, he calls him the grave digger of American democracy. He writes, if the U.S. has someone whom historians will look back on as the grave digger of American democracy, it is Mitch McConnell. So we got Mitch McConnell, but what, who's Joe Manchin in this example? He's like, so if Mitch McConnell's the grave digger of American democracy, there's Joe Manchin holding the flashlight saying, can I help you? You need anything? Need anything to get your job done? Can I help you? This, this, this is who they are. Usually comparisons between Trump's America and the... We read this, but I'm just re refreshing your memory. Um, Trump's America and Nazi Germany come from cranks and internet trolls. But a new essay in the New York Times pointed out troubling similarities between 1930s and today. It's written by Christopher Browning, one of America's most eminent and well-respected historians of the Holocaust. In it, he warns that democracy here in the United States is under serious threat in the way that German democracy was prior to Hitler's rise. And it really could topple altogether. Browning, a professor... Uh, at the University of North Carolina, special, specializes in the origin and operation of Nazi gem, genocide. Why can't I talk? This, uh, his book, Ordinary Men, a close examination of how an otherwise unremarkable German police battalion evolved into an instrument of mass slaughter, is widely seen as one of the most defining works on how typical Germans became complicit in Nazi atrocities which I read that book and it's it's uh it's disturbing cuz you know it's most disturbing because it's true and we're living in um among people that have that in them in every republican chest beats the heart of fascism and we're living in that we're seeing it from vox Sean Illing writes, are Democrats sleepwalking towards democratic collapse? Donald Trump may be out of Washington, but his spirit is very much alive and lives on in the party he left behind. This month, Republican congressional leaders Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell effectively quashed any chance of a bipartisan commission to investigate the January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol. It's part of a much broader trend in Republican politics to double down on the Trumpist legacy. Like the recent purging of Representative Liz Cheney or the steadfast opposition to voting rights, the GOP has gone all in on Trump and it is in a revolt against democracy. That's why you want to you beg these anti-American... Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of words, but I was going to say pricks, termites, pricks, fascists, scums. I, I don't know. So many words. 
The direction of the GOP poses an enormous challenge for Democrats. How do you deal with an opposition party that is strategically committed to undermining core Democratic institutions? That, I mean, that, that sentence in itself says everything. Wait, I'm trying. Where is my damn camera controls? I guess it's better. Than it's, I, went, I was out today. I'm very red. I, f- I look red. That's just because I'm Irish. I was out in the sun. I got, I go, uh, I was riding my bike earlier. I need to get, I need some exercise because I spent the last year in the house like everybody else. And I'm like so out of shape that it's disgusting. It's disgusting. (laughs) Why am I so red though? And shiny. Thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. Another great show, Tara. You're too kind, Richard. You're amazing. Here comes the music. Hold on. I'm just keeping the music on. For myself. To keep the keep my timing. So we... Because we're just going to do like a two-hour show tonight. So I can go to bed early. I need to go to bed early a lot lately. Probably, I don't know, am I depressed? Sometimes I say that. Uh, you, you, sometimes the behavior of being depressed exhibits itself before you kind of realize. That's what I think. Am I depressed? I'm probably. I'm not, I don't have clinical depression or because I'm able to get out of bed and do things like this show and whatnot, but... Hmm. I have to think about this. I I like being asleep. (laughs) Because there's no Republicans there. But then you can't sleep your life away. Not that I want to... I don't know. I just want to have a good night's sleep. Well, I guess it's okay. We don't need to overthink it for tonight. That's how much therapy I've had. You see, everything I do, I'm like, is this... What's motivating this need to eat, sleep, drink, and use the restroom. Is this, um, am I depressed? Okay. Um, let's continue with this article by Sean Illing in Vox. He he writes, as it stands, Democrats and progressive activists for democratic reform have coalesced around H.R. 1, a bill passed by House Democrats that would, among other things, end partisan gerrymandering and create a national system for automatic voter registration, which is what other countries have. You turn 18 and you're friggin' registered. Boom. That's it. Could you imagine... But Republicans don't want to make voting easy. They never did because they hate democracy. Hello, how many examples do we need? That's what it is. Why don't we all, uh, well, I'm going to, I was going to say, why don't we all say it? uh, Some people are saying it. I'm saying it, but I hear it. We're here. We're reading it in this article, but. Are we taking it seriously? Are the the elected representatives taking it seriously? We know that Joe Manchin isn't. I don't know what fantasy island he's living on. Kristen Cinema, she's another story. She's just a self-serving sociopath. 
That's my vibe from her. She sees Joe Manchin is getting a lot of attention, and she wants some of that too. So she's going to be bipartisan, because when it served her, she was a progressive. So we know how her, how, what her, um, her true ideology is. It's, she doesn't have one. Her ideology is, is herself, just like Donald Trump. I'm so sick of these people. Can, that's why it's all guys we need money out of politics because when you have money in politics you have you have scumbags in politics people who don't care about the country they're in it for the money and the power and the attention but when you take money out of politics it, then it, maybe it becomes a vocation where you want to serve Right? Doesn't that make sense? But there's so many things make sense. It, but it, when you, it only makes sense when you want a functioning democracy. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, even that in itself, have the money and politics, the way that the Republicans do all they can to ensure that the that corruption reigns in our political system by more money, pouring more money into politics, more un, unaccounted, unfettered, dark money, which we know um, all these super PACs, the foreign money is being... I mean, these people are... they Everything about them is so transparent, but... When you it, when, it doesn't make sense when you're looking at it through the lens of, oh, gee, I love America and want a functioning democracy. But th it does make sense when you accept the fact of what you're up against, that you're, you're really not f up against um, a political party that's, um, that's interested in having a functioning democracy. They're interested in ensuring that autocracy is, is replaces the system that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. I mean, that's the bottom line. All right. Um, back in 2018, I spoke to Roosevelt University political scientist David Farris about his book, It's Time to Fight Dirty. 2018. I mean, we're, we're still not taking any of this advice. Uh, his argument then was that Democrats had to play constitutional hardball and basically do whatever was necessary to win. Hello? Isn't this what we've been saying here, too? Because it's like, when you're under attack, w what do you do? You fight with every everything you have. When you're, when your entire life, when your life is in danger, you fight like a rabid dog, if necessary. What do Democrats do? Oh, uh, here, they do this. I think it's, I can't imagine anyone voting against the establishment of a commission on the greatest assault since the Civil War on the, on the Capitol. 
But at any rate, hey guys, I came for ice cream. That's right. But at any rate, I came for ice cream. So the article continues. The situation today is even more dire than it was in 2018. I'll say. I'm not sure people appreciate how much danger we're in, Ferris wrote in a recent Twitter thread. If Republicans succeed in rigging the rules to take the presidency in 2024, they will crack this country in half. Well, they should damn secede, please. I reached out to Farris again to talk about what the options are if Democrats fail to pass democracy reform in the Senate. Hint, there aren't many. And if he thinks the Democrats are sleepwalking into a serious political crisis if they don't find a way to pass major Democratic reforms in the next year or two. A lightly edited transcript of our conversation follows. Sean Illing says, You said... We were at a very dangerous moment in American history back in 2018. I have to say, the situation seems worse now. Trump is gone, but over the last year or so, the Republican Party has taken an explicit turn against democracy itself. So what's your level of con- your current level of concern? And David Farris says, My current level of concern is exploring countries to move to <laughs> after 2024. I'm deeply concerned about the direction that the Republican Party has taken, especially over the last year or so. Things were bad in 2018, but the basic problem in 2018 was that we had structural factors working against the Democrats, and you had a Republican Party that was fundamentally trying to keep people from voting. The most destructive thing that Trump did on his way out the door was that he took the Republicans' waning commitment to democracy, and he weaponized it. And he made it much worse, to the point where I think that a good deal of rank-and-file Republican voters simply don't believe that Democrats can win a legitimate election. And if Democrats do win an election, it has to be fraudulent. So 2020 felt like a test run. The plot to overturn the 2020 election has never had a real chance of working without some external intervention like a military coup or something like that, which I never thought was particularly likely. But the institutional path that they pursued to steal the election failed because they didn't control Congress and they didn't control the right governorships in the right places. So I worry that complacency has set in on the Democratic side. And the people are lulled into thinking that things are normal and fine again just because Biden's approval ratings are good. So it was a test run. So Sean Illing um, asks, 2020 was a test run for what exactly? And David Farris responds, It was a test run for a way to overturn an election with a veneer of legality. And and that is exactly how, this is me talking, not the article, that's exactly how every democracy falls. With the veneer of legality. They always do it that way. Even Putin in North Korea, in Iraq. That's what they do. It's the veneer. They wrap 
the power grab in the veneer of legal legitimacy. That's part of what they've been working on for many years, stuffing the courts with unqualified loyalists and, uh, and, and getting away with it. With, and this is another thing that would drive me insane, watching Mitch McConnell do this. It's not just the Republican dirty tricks. He's, he's following the playbook of every fascist autocrat. That's what the Nazis did. That's exactly what they did. You nullify democracy that way. If you take over the judiciary, and that's what the Nazis did. They started to stuff in the with the veneer of legitimacy when they were just a political party in the parliament. They began to corrupt the judiciary and put their loyalists into the lifetime positions, into um, into judgeships. So when someone would end up in front of the court for, let's say, um, killing uh, a commie. Or, or or crimes against Jews or whatever, it would be nullified. The Nazi would be let go. This is what the why do you think Twitler and Mitch McConnell the and the rest of the fascists are stuffing the courts? And they're boasting about it. Why they blocked Barack Obama and us? who elected him two times in a landslide, two landslide elections, to fulfill this constitutionally proscribed role. And, and they get away with it. They got away with that. They got away with installing a president in the year 2000. I mean, hello. This has been going on for a long time. Twitter just put it on... Uh, it's like we went from the... From uh, a, a dirt road to the superhighway to fascism. And we weren't actually quite on a dirt road, but more. We were more, well, I guess we were on, we were on a road. But now we're on the superhighway. So he right. well, he says, uh, it was a test run to overturn an election with the veneer of legality. You have to give Trump and the Republicans some kind of dark credit for figuring out that this is really conceivable. I think they know now that even though it would cause a court battle and possibly a civil war, that they can't win by suppressing the vote and the election is close enough, they can do this if they control enough state legislatures and the Congress. If Democrats don't make some changes to our election laws, and if they lose some races that they really need to win in 2022 and 2024, then we are in trouble. I'm not naive about what's possible here, but I do want to mention a tricky dynamic. Some, not all, but some of the Republican support for the election shenanigans was likely performative, right? This is Sean Elling asking a question. The Republican base is essentially, essentially a personality cult. And the Republican politicians know this. They had virtually no chance of actually overturning the 2020 election, but it was politically beneficial to play along. If they knew there was a real chance at succeeding, that would be a different calculation because surely some of them would understand how catas 
catas- cataclysmic that would be. Please. Uh, he's being he, another one here. Not truly um, understanding what he's up against. What the Republicans are. And what, where what lines they're willing to cross. They've already crossed them. They, they enabled an insurrection. Okay? They did nothing. They're doing nothing. They did nothing when one of their nut jobs sent pipe bombs to media organizations. They kept it up. They kept up their lies. They see the same polls. They see that 70% of the filthy fascist pricks who vote for these morons think that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president, that he stole it from the con man. And they continue to spread the big lie no matter what. Liz Cheney spreads the big lie when she goes on TV lambasting Trump for being an autocrat and a liar, but yet um, backing the bills that they're creating on this big lie. Saying, yeah, there's voter voter fraud. There's no fucking voter fraud, okay? No. There's no voter fraud. Prove it. Show us. Show us the voter fraud. They, they can't. That's the problem. Because it doesn't exist. But they'll keep saying it. And they'll keep dragging this democracy down until it's dead. Now they have it in a chokehold. They have it, a knee on its neck. And we're all sit, we're like the, 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 the witnesses to George Floyd's murder. Screaming on the side saying, get off his neck. God. So he says, David Fire says, that's what I, wait, 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 hold on. So the question goes, again, to be super clear here, I'm not saying they wouldn't do it, meaning um, destroy democracy. Some of these Republicans seem totally down the rabbit hole, and some of them are behaving like method actors who just completely lost their char- lost in their characters. But I really do wonder how the calculus would change for them if they absolutely knew their vote would overturn an election. When David Farris says, well, that's what I thought in the first few weeks after the election when the people in Congress would go on background to reporters and be like, we just got to let them vent a little bit or that Trump is like a toddler and we just have to let him work out his emotions in public. But if it was really the case that most of them didn't really believe it or wouldn't go along with it, then I don't think it could have ever gotten to the point where well over a hundred members of Congress formally objected to the election results. So he says, you were arguing Democrats and, excuse me, urging Democrats in 2018 to pass the sort of reforms that are still on the table today, like packing the courts or granting statehood to D.C. and Puerto Rico. Are we beyond that point now? What needs to be done has has gotten more complex. 
the structural problems are even worse than I anticipated. I also didn't fully anticipate the unapologetically authoritarian turn in the Republican Party. But the fixes are still there. You have to abolish the filibuster in the Senate. You hear that, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema? You have to mandate national, bi- uh, national nonpartisan redistricting. You have to make voting easier. And you have to outlaw some of the Republican voter suppression tactics. <sighs> Laws that you can pass are contingent on getting the most moderate members of your caucus on board. If Joe Manchin says, I won't do a $15 minimum wage, I'll do $12, then you're stuck with $12 or you get nothing. And that's, so that's a reality. But I think the problem with this analysis is that the assumption that Manchin is an ideological roadblock for progressivism, where he seems to me to be, to be more of a procedural roadblock to the constitutional hardball that needs to get played. I mean, he voted for the COVID-19 relief bill, and that was one of the most left-wing things I've seen. All right. Let me lower this. All right. This article goes on. Let's let's just finish it up. When people think of democracy dying, they think of some dramatic event like Trump riding down Pennsylvania Avenue in a tank or something. That's not the reality here. Take the scenario where Republicans don't have to steal the 2024 election. They just use their built-in advantages in which Biden wins the popular vote by three points, but he still loses the Electoral College. Democrats win the House, but they lose the House. Democrats win the Senate, but they lose the Senate. This This has to stop. Guys, you get it? We have to stop allowing these filthy fascist bastards from squatting in the halls of power despite receiving fewer votes. Enough is enough. That's, and David Ferris continues, that's a situation where the citizens of this country fundamentally do not have control of the agenda and they don't have the ability to change leadership. Those are two core features of a democracy, and without them, you're living in competitive authoritarianism. People are going to wake up the next day and go to work and take care of their kids and live their lives, and democracy will be gone. There won't be very much that we can do about it. Or there's the worst-case scenario where the election is stolen, and then we're sleepwalking into a potentially catastrophic breakup of the country and I'm all for that one of the things I would ask Republicans if it it goes that way what is it that you think you will have you will have won what are we even fighting about at this point you got your corporate tax cuts you got your Supreme Court. What is the purpose of this? Why do you want the power if it means alienating half the country and potentially breaking it up? I guess it just, I guess I just hope that there will be some introspection among party leaders when uh, we're approaching that precipice. (laughs) Hope springs eternal, right? Mamma mia. 
Yeah. Well, um, I don't have that hope. There, th- I don't have much hope, really. I, the only thing that we do, I mean, that's why I do the show. I hate to say it again, but that's the fact. We don't have a chance unless we push this country um, into reality. We wake up as many normal people as we can. Those who have tuned out, maybe they're overworked. They're working their three uniquely American low-paying jobs, and they've been told that, um, you know, a a pack of lies. We're here to set it straight, to, to teach people or inform people about the progressive solutions that created the country and built the American middle class to begin with. That's why, okay, well, here's an article from what I want to talk about, too, is uh, Tom Hartman writes, the ugly truth is that Republicans want want more poverty and crime. And this is all part of the, the scam and how they continue to break this country apart. So he writes, the Republican Party is running a huge scam right now. Not just right now, but that's my opinion. Forever. Similar to the one they ran in 1992 when President George W. H. W. Bush was setting up phony cocaine busts across the street from the White House, having achieved his position by running his infamous Willie Horton ad a few years earlier. Remember that? I mean, I know... Our millennial correspondent wasn't around for that. That um, they, uh, you know, racism. That's Willie Horton ad was a one of the Republican dirty tricks. Uh, you know, racism tickling the racist funny bones of the dupes, and they also set up. There was a George H. W. Bush went on television with um, a pack of crack cocaine that he had uh, he had staged um one of his I, I think one of the people that worked for him i'm not sure who it was buying cocaine in front of the white house but it was all it was all just for republican propaganda this is what they do they all, they're good at that they're good at propaganda because that's all they have They don't have anything in reality to boast about. And if they don't like the reality, they make it up. We know that, too. So Tom Hartman writes, here's the essential formula. Increase levels of inequality in the country to the point where poverty and homelessness are a crisis. Do this with huge trillion-dollar tax cuts for the rich so that they get massively richer while gutting social safety net programs and support for working class people like unions. Poverty and homelessness increase, which produces an increase in crime, and that freaks out the middle class, the majority of voters. Well, I would say what's left in the middle class. Tom Hartman is fully aware that the... um, that the American middle class is now less than 50% of the population. I'm just getting distracted because I got... What? Oh, no. I almost... uh, I just... Something just came across. I just got a notification. And it said, Marjorie Taylor Greene would be the first Republican to be expelled from Congress. 
when I glanced down, I thought it said Marjorie Taylor Greene is the first Republican <laughs> to be expelled from Congress. And for a second, I, I got, I was like, come on, get happy. All right. Um, poverty and homelessness. Oh, yeah, I read that. Then build your political identity and campaign around being tough on crime while completely ignoring the fact that the poverty you helped create is largely responsible for much of that crime. Blame poverty-driven crime instead on welfare programs that Democrats have put into place to try to soften the blow of the poverty caused by Republican policies. And then get elected, create more poverty, rinse, wash, and repeat. This is not a new idea. Around 170 AD, Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius said poverty is the mother of crime, although he was actually trying to reduce both in the wake of others who had made poverty and thus crime worse. And then there's inequality, which it turns out is at least as consequential as poverty uh, as far as the driver of criminal behavior Years of research done by Richard Wilkinson and Kate Pickett of the Equality Trust in the UK found that the as inequality goes up, so does crime, particularly violent crime. Inequality, it turns out, may be even more effective driver of violent crime than poverty. And the United States today is the most unequal society in the developed world. Uh, read that and weep. That's tragic. We, it's also, it's tragic because we were the, <laughs> 40 years ago, we were the, the least unequal um, democratic society in the developed world. Now we're the most. How'd that happen? That happened on not on accident. That happened by design. That happened on purpose. They did that to us on purpose because they, they didn't like, see the Republicans, conservatives, the, uh, the, uh, the fascists, the autocrats, the authoritarian followers, they don't like democracy. They, because it's, um, the rich don't like it because it makes the plebs too uppity. That's really the bottom line. They get too um, full of themselves. They're not desperate enough. They question the the orders of their betters. They don't take the, the pittance and the scraps. They say, hell no, we won't go to your war. We won't. We demand a seat at the table. All of that. That's that they don't like that. That's why they loved Hitler. That's why big business was very impressed with Hitler. He got rid of the labor unions. He kept people he, and uh, well, he kept the the barons of big business and and fresh bodies and warm bodies. Uh, slave labor, cheap labor. That's what it's about. That's uh, that's your you know. That's your entrepreneurial spirit. Hold on a second. Let me lower this. Bam, bumpity, boom. That's my cue. Why am I looking redder by the minute? Bam. Where's Ray? 
Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray. Come here, Ray Ray. Nobody listens to me. Shit. All right. Quiet now. Quiet. Shh. Quiet music. I'm tired of that music. Maybe we should get new music. Give the show a good review on iTunes while I'm looking for this article. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. What the fuck is wrong with me? I just lost it. I was reading. Hold on, guys. Wish I had a video to play right now. Where is it? Well, there's whatever. What am I saying? Son of a bitch. Why can't I find it? It's alright. You guys understand. This is what we go through on the show. It's part of the charm. That's what I tell myself. As you're clicking away. <laughs> what the fuck is it? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. I'm sorry, guys. Deep up, deep up, up. What the hell? Here we go. All right. Sorry for that delay. So I was just reading this article from Tom Hartman. He's 100% on the on the money, of course. But this is what it's about. It's about keeping the working class, the more malleable working poor, and then running the scam uh, against Democrats, against um, the... And I'll, I will show you, actually. Let me... Let's just talk about it now for the in the interest of time. Um, something I saw on the Daily Mail. I don't know. So you guys know I'm from New York, and... And there's a mayor, a mayoral race going on right now. And the Republicans are all all over the nation. And, of course, uh, all the autocrats of Earth, they want to overthrow. They want to make sure the the next mayor of New York City is a Republican. And it's possible. New York City is a blue, is a blue, well, is a blue um, town, of course. So is, so is New York State. But we've elected, we have our fair, uh, Giuliani, we have our fair share of Republicans. Because there are dumb dumbs everywhere. So New York City elected Bill de Blasio years ago and now i mean there's he's fallen out of favor for many reasons one of i i believe one of the reasons is his vanity run for for the presidency people are just tired of him i don't know whatever i i don't really it doesn't affect me i don't care so, but I see the I see the Republicans running their scam. So they're they're the scam that they're running is exactly what Tom Hartman is writing about, creating poverty. They're blaming 
Um, there's a so okay. When when De Blasio got into office, he he was swept into office on a progressive agenda. One of the the platforms he ran on was the to end stop and frisk here in New York, which was and was an abomination that all of the Republicans were um, and people like Bloomberg, the Republican mayor of New York, if we remember, even though he was a Democratic candidate for president, but he uh, he vehemently defended and vociferously defended. Bloomberg uh, defended stop and frisk. And when when um, de Blasio got into office, he put an end to that. He's but he's not he's in he is by no means um, anti-police. That's for sure. And he didn't uh, he, he disappointed many progressives in, in the fact that he didn't fundamentally reform the police department. But it doesn't matter, as we're, as we're saying. Republicans, truth, truth doesn't matter. It doesn't ever factor in to um, their their charges or their wines or their propaganda. Now they're all over the country. See, since we have a pandemic and the um, this effed up country caused a lot of uh, a lot of damage, made it worse. The policies of this country, even though the, the, the Democrats threw the lifelines, but part of the problem of uh, the uh, of unemployment in general was putting people on unemployment, not paying businesses to stay open, picking up the the payroll like other countries had done. So now there's a lot of uh, um, there's of course a lot of um, there's, re- there's, we're living in uh, an aftermath of this pandemic. So all over the country, and and not just the aftermath, because the pandemic isn't over. I'm one of the things that I'm really concerned about. What will happen when the United States has an uptick in cases? And it's going to happen. The only reason the the coronavirus cases are going down is because people, normal people, are getting vaccinated. Republicans aren't getting vaccinated. Yeah, not not all, right? Some. But they there are a bunch of morons that refuse to get vaccinated and they they're the cases in the unvaccinated are as um there are as many cases of unvaccinated people getting COVID as there were in um, past January. So it's only going down because most normal normal people are doing their part, their patriotic duty. But the fact is there's um, poverty. People are <laughs> experiencing homelessness like never before. And... I'm trying to find this article. Where the hell is it? And of course, what Republicans do is what they always do. They um, they will exploit it. They create. They help create the problem, and then they use. They point to that problem as um, you know the reason why we have to get we we the 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 dum dums should give them more power. 
So in the Daily Mail, let me see, New York City. I'm looking for this one article because I couldn't believe it. It was such pure propaganda. Here it is. Let's go through it together. Let me show you. Here's the article. Of course, you know, the Daily Mail is one of Rupert Murdoch's propaganda rags from, uh, it's uh, from England or whatever. Exclusive, post-pandemic New York is laid bare as homelessness, mental illness, and crime escalate. Rattled locals and tourists alike believe the town has lost its essence. This is a headline. They believe, well, they also believe that, uh, Pigs can fly, too. Why not put that on the headline? While city cheerleaders insist the ship has turned. What is this shit? This is, this is news? Rattled locals and tourists alike believe the town has lost its essence. Do they understand we are just coming out of a goddamn lockdown? Exclusive DailyMail.com photos show an influx of homeless people on the streets as Manhattan struggles to get back on its feet after the coronavirus pandemic cut off its lifeline of tourism. Okay. It, we're just getting started. There are homelessness. There were, you know, when I was growing up in the, here in New York, and I, I lived on Staten Island as a young person, and I remember effing uh what's his name uh reagan all of the sudden because reagan and the republicans cut people's lifelines and cut access to mental health care and access to services that would keep people especially mentally ill people off the streets all of the sudden we had homeless people i remember that on staten island when i was uh, when i was young and all of a sudden, I was like, what is this? I never saw this before. But that's what Reagan did and the Republicans did. So it's, uh, the, but these Republicans, th what they're doing, you will notice it. I've, I've been noticing it. They're beating this incessant drumbeat about how New York has really gone down the tubes because they're trying to ensure that a progressive does not become the next mayor of New York City. That's really what it's about. That's it. Oh, uh, uh, let's have a headline. Rattled tourists and locals alike believe the town has lost its essence. What the fuck does that even mean? The town has lost its essence. Yes, we believe it. It's a belief. It doesn't have to be real. It's sort of like a belief that Trump actually won the election. It doesn't have to actually be real. I believe. I believe that dead people voted. Many people believe it. Rattled locals and, and tourists alike believe. Believe that Joe Biden isn't the legitimate president. They believe it. In 2021, almost every type of violent crime is on the rise in New York City. It's not just New York City, though. This is, uh, crime is on the rise on 
everywhere, in every state, because of the, of the disgusting conservative, you know, uh, inability. And I, it's not just the conservatives. It's, it's well, it's conservatism in general, but it's our inability because the rich got to get richer. And people are nothing. People are treated like nothing. They're, they don't care. The, the, only, um, the only plan, the strategy, what, what, do, what do Republicans have to tackle the, uh, the economy and the pandemic? Go back to work. That's it. Go die. Take one for the team. If you get COVID, oh, well, there'll be another pleb right behind you. You gotta go work and go kill kill those pigs. Keep killing them on that on the on the slaughter line. Too bad, you know. Too bad we had standards here because maybe after you kill the last pig, they kick you right back in. You you'll follow. That's what they would hope. Really, what's the difference? You're nothing. You're nothing. You're a useless eater. You can't work. You got COVID. Oh well, go die. That's why crime is on the rise. This because this country's out of freaking control. There's no, um, there's no humanity. That's why we do the show: decency, dignity, humanity, democracy. We need that because it's not. What, what's the meaning of life? Is it about? Um, it's just to make Jeff Bezos happy because that's what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? So Jeff Bezos can have his mad money to buy a movie theater, or I mean a movie uh, company, and go to Mars. So one bald mother effer with a with a sociopath dead eyes can buy a goddamn movie company. For like mad money, wee 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 wee. It's raining while the American people are suffering. What's the meaning of an economy? What's the meaning of life? Is it is it just weak? Is that why we're born? So one one sociopath who came up with a bookstore online, whoopee, who used the government R and D created of meaning our tax dollars created the internet. So he said, I'm going to make a bookstore online. So now this mother effer gets to lord over us all while we were out here uh, fighting over the scraps. In, t- in 2021, almost every type of violent crime is on the rise in New York City. Well, they forget to write, of course, because that's what propaganda is. Um, it's on the rise all over the place. And they, that's, this is what propaganda is. I'm, this is why we're, I'm pointing this out. It is, this is propaganda. This is right wing propaganda. Still, city officials are optimistic. The sea, the ship has turned a time. Look, I just want to show you some of the pictures. A Times Square business owner said there's a lot more crime and a lot more drug addicts and vagrants everywhere. 
in the last few months, I've seen three or four people shooting up in front of me. Well, guess what? I saw that too, but that was in 1992. Oh my God. So let's take that one um, little vignette, that tableau of life and say, wow, that must mean everybody's shooting up, huh? I saw some people shooting up too. Avenue A and, and 7th Street, 1992. <sighs> uh, well, guess who was mayor then? Giuliani, right? Must have been Giuliani did it. A cop patrolling the area told the Daily Mail, Times Square has lost its essence. People come here now and just sit. What the fuck does that mean? When they used to come here and what, do the jitterbug? Now they just, they're just so despondent. They just sit. They stare. They stare at the, at the hellscape. Uh, what is the point of this, of this sentence? It's a cop patrolling the area told the Daily Mail, Times Square has lost its essence. Okay, anybody seen my essence? You got my essence over there, Tara Jr. Jr.? Where's my essence? What does that even mean? My essence? Like, uh, is that like how the Capitol lost its essence on January 6th? Uh Uh-oh, I I attracted the cat's attention. Get up here, you. You've lost... You've lost your essence. This cat has lost his essence, I think. What do you think? Do you have essence? Where's your essence? (laughs) You lost your essence. Yes. But you're damn cute. You're cute. You lost your essence. I got my essence right here. So much essence has been lost. People come here now and just sit. Well, maybe they're tired. Maybe they're, they've been walking around Times Square. They want to sit the fuck down. They want to sit down and take a rest on their way from um, the Disney store to Bubba Gump Shrimp. They just sit. Well, maybe they're out of shape. I don't know. Uh, we're all the we are the fattest country on earth, aren't we? Because we're horrible food deserts. <laughs> In Times Square, the mostly dense, the most excuse me, densely tourist populated place in the United States, a mentally disturbed man, known as Mister Kim, begs cops to kill him. Well, that means he needs help, right? I want to die. You have a gun? Shoot, he pleads. After the officer's demur, demur, whatever, he picks up a plank of wood and starts smashing it against, where? The Pele soccer shop. Oh, my God. Times Square has lost its essence. 
That sounds like another day at Times Square. Mentally ill people? We'll get them the help they need. It's not about New York. New York's a giant city with millions of people. There's a lot of fucked up people in this effed up country where you can't get health care, where you can get a gun faster than you can get health care. On Sutton Place, one of the most affluent residential areas in the city, a lone man squats on the sidewalk, intently reading a paperback novel next to a shopping cart that contains his worldly goods. He begs for cash with a sign that says, he has lost everything, trying to survive, it says. In Greenwich Village, a well-dressed man leaves his office, minding his own business when a menacing character attempts to sucker punch him. The, yeah, all right. I mean, this is what Republicans do. They pick uh, arguing by anecdote, right? And then uh, using this as as a reason why everything see new york city is on the decline it's lost its essence don't ever vote for another progressive that's it at harlem's famed 125th street a 2 p.m at at 2 p.m on a sunny may day a middle-aged man sleeps off whatever he needs to sleep off on a bus stop bench outside a sneaker store, unaware that his naked backside is exposed for the world to see. Is this is something that's changed in New York? The, the fact is, we've had homeless people. It's gotten worse because of conservatism. The filthy, disgusting, conservative party policies, all of them, since, since the 90s. This isn't something that, it's not like Bill de Blasio was elected and all of a sudden homelessness broke out everywhere. We've been dealing with these, these pricks who don't want to raise taxes on the rich. They want to funnel more money into the arms of people who will never spend it and cut People's lifelines, just like Tom Hartman said, this is the scam. And then they write articles. Rupert Murdoch's fascist rag writes articles like this is just one of the articles. There's other articles. I've been hearing it and you'll you will see it. You'll see it on Fox News. They're going to say New York City is is dead. Trump said it. It's on the decline. It's such a shame. It's so Oh, like nobody's ever seen, like nobody's ever seen. What are you talking about? So just like he was saying how um, all of a sudden we're not energy ind independent anymore. Really? Because we're trying to build an electric grid infrastructure so um, we can get our asses out of the goddamn Middle East once and for all and not maybe not kill the planet. <sighs> These scenes come from all across Manhattan as it struggles to get back on its feet after the coronavirus pandemic cut off its lifeblood of tourism, sent many of its wealthiest residents scurrying to places as diverse as Vermont and Florida. Well, get the fuck out. 
I know the cursing is off the charts tonight. New Yorkers don't feel safe because crime is up and it's not the, that they are being neurotic or overtly sensitive. They are right, says Andrew Cuomo. Well, every place has crime on the rise. Ugh. So here, look, here's all the, these, these are the pictures that just random um not, uh, the weakest form of argument is argument by anecdote and of course this is propaganda because there's they don't put anything in context we don't know what this is it it says a mentally ill homeless man which it looks like a woman to me by the way is seen laying on the street blocking traffic in times square the most densely tourist populated place on earth. And there are people standing around um, laughing. I don't know if you could see it. It looks like a woman. And I don't know what this is. This might well be a Black Lives Matter protest. But it will also double as um, a mentally ill homeless man seen lying on the street, even though it looks like a woman. And then we have this, like, what is this? A mentally disturbed man known as Mr. Kim is picking up a plank of wood before he begins smashing it against the Pele soccer shop. Whatever, get him, go get him into Bellevue. This is what... This is what Reagan did. This is what your Republican budget cuts do. This is why uh, what happens when Jeff Bezos wants to go to the go to goddamn Mars. The, yeah, really. All we, we all we got to do is shave off a couple of billions, and everybody can get the help they need. People can get health care. People can get mental health care. They can get prescription drugs. They could get you know, uh, have a life, uh, maybe paid a living wage. How about that? Think about that. Man, and then you see your crime go down. It's not like people are like, hmm, crime or decent middle-class life. Hmm, hmm. Of course, you have some sick, mentally ill people, but that's why, you see, uh, what I talk about all the time, we, we have to live in the consequences of Republican policies. And here they are. They create the catastrophes and then they use it as examples of why um, everybody else sucks. But let's give the party of personal responsibility the responsibility they've earned. I'm all for tax the rich and put... Put put this person in a in a in a situation. Put him in a shelter. Put him in a mental hospital. Get him the help he needs. Don't kick him out on the street. In other countries, they have to really work hard to to be homeless. Not here. See, like this. This is just complete exploitation of the mentally ill. Grand Central Station, a woman is seen smoking on the street, 
which has become her home in front of the HBC, uh, HSBC bank. So what, what is this? What does that mean? Really? Get, uh, do something about it then. Oh, no. Look, let me take the... It's all about... This is just propaganda. It reminds me of um, the Nazi propaganda, frankly. You know, if you look at the old Nazi propaganda um, pamphlets and newspapers, this is exactly what they did. Oh, look at look at the eternal Jew. Look at the hooked nose. Look at the uh, the you know the money. Uh, the they're ex- the they're taking advantage. The this is what they would do. Same thing here. There's no difference. You grab random photos and say, oh, it's indicative of everything. Sutton Place. A homeless man is seen on Sutton Place, one of the most affluent residential areas of Manhattan. Oh, your beautiful eyes. Intently reading a paperback novel next to a shopping cart that contains his worldly goods. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Get him the help he needs. Stop stop attacking our social safety net. Tax the rich at high marginal tax rates. Let's get this country back to something that we can all be proud of. He begs for cash with a sign that says he has lost everything and trying to survive. Oh, my. God. Around midnight, Amy, a 37-year-old in town with her boyfriend, Matt, from Colorado Springs, were disappointed there was no action. She said, I came here for the city that never sleeps, but apparently it goes to bed at 9.30. Well, maybe you should get the hell out. Maybe um, you shouldn't come when it's a pandemic. I don't know. What am I going to tell you? homeless encampment it's like they went around taking pictures of the homeless people and this is like yeah this is what we're dealing with tax the rich that's all that's what i see when i when i look at propaganda like this i don't get outraged that um of the victims i get outraged at the perpetrators and, you know, not being a, a, an idiot um, and someone who's under, you know, I'm a, here, here we are on the internet, this whole window to the world. We're connecting, we're talking. But you can also see what goes on in other parts of the world. So um, not being an idiot who goes on the internet and, and gets uh, dragged into a cue hole uh, but somebody who looks at the what's actually going on on this on this planet uh, i know in other countries where they're they they are consistently rated as the happiest countries on earth they they don't have a homelessness problem but yet they are the um 
they're not they're not the richest country on earth. Isn't that odd? How's that happen? How do we in the richest country on earth have have a homelessness problem that right wingers that that fascists that conservatives can exploit to their advantage? How is it even possible? Could it be that every time we ta- we try to make a more perfect union, in comes the fascists to ensure that the rich get richer, to funnel more money into Jeff Bezos' rapacious coffers, to cut people's lifelines, and then to get their propaganda machines churning out all of the divisive, hateful bullshit to make sure it stays that way. Could that be? I'm just a simple, simple New York City gal. But seems goddamn blatantly obvious to me. It's infuriating. You know what also pisses me off, truthfully? It's the... It's them. <laughs> the the way that they... they they um it's like they point out all i the the repercussions of their policies like we're living in the consequences of republican policies conservative policies and they um you know they they don't they're not um pointing it out to be constructive it's not constructive criticism it's just na 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 and they will do everything in their power to ensure that it gets worse. So they're not pointing it out. They're not like, this is a travesty and let's tax that, tax that Jeff Bezos Martian bastard so, so we can all have a functioning society. We're not living so Jeff Bezos can, uh, you know, have the time of his life. But that's what I mean. That's what Republicans are living for, obviously. But that's what I mean. That's what um, again. It kind of is uh, is another validation of everything that we say on the show. How Republicans are not patriots. They're they hate America. They're, I mean. If you love America, it's embarrassing, really. I remember I, I told you the story. I was on um, on the subway once, and um, a bunch of tourists came on the subway, and there were there were benches. All three benches on the subway were on one side were all filled with homeless people sleeping, uh, and so these tourists came on. They to me. They seemed like they were from Norway, given their what they were the the language they were speaking, and uh, it just they were definitely not from from uh, you know they were definitely from out of town. But I remember feeling incredibly embarrassed for for this country. And they they got on and they were like looking at each other and they were whispering and looking at the homeless people. There's something they probably had never seen. And it starkly highlighted the sickness of this country. 
Because what is important? Everything is bullshit that we have to endure from these right-wingers. They go on about life and patriotism and America, but they turn America into a goddamn embarrassment. You love America? Prove it. Stop embarrassing us. It's like I wouldn't bring anybody into my house. I had my, I don't know, uh, my uh, my grandmother laying on uh, like in 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 uh, in trash and squalor. Forget it. It's embarrassing. I wouldn't do that because I'm not a. Well, of course, it's not just embarrassing. I'm a human being. You won't. You wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? You you if you're you say you're a patriot. Well, prove it. You're patriotic? Patriotism means fellow countrymen. So how could you say you love America? But you're, you do nothing for your fellow countrymen, except what? What do you do for your fellow countrymen? You, you vilify them, you mock them, you trigger them, you want to own the libs. That's all you got. I want to own the libs. Well, do something about the, the, the cycle of poverty that you've helped, that you've helped create and sustain. There's, it's easy. I know how to fix it. They know. The, the, the dumbass Joe Manchins of the world know. We know what needs to happen if you want a functioning democracy. But it's, it's clear they don't. They don't want a functioning democracy. You know why? Because, I mean, it really does. For the, for the dum-dums, it comes down to, um, well, they're dumb and they're racist. I mean, that's what it comes down to. <sighs> but, but the Ted Cruz's and all of the, you know, the Matt Getz's, they, they just want money and power. And God help anybody in their way, including the government that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. And that's another thing that turns my stomach when I think about all of the young people who, put, who gave their lives. So why? For what? For democracy? For the democracy that these Republicans destroy on a daily basis? And they're, they're just about ready to put the knee on the neck for nine minutes. Pricks. All right. I'm pissed. But one last thing we'll talk about, and then we'll call it a night. Because I'm looking very red and shiny. Isn't this... I mean, aren't you pissed? I'm mad. I'm just sick of, like, the... Um, just sick of it. I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the Republicans. God. The scam. I'm sick of the scam. That's why, I, I, really, we need 
we need to get this message out unapologetically. Put these pricks in their place. And, well, Tom Hartman's article, he writes at the end <laughs> perfectly, and you can bet that your bottom dollar, they will continue complaining about the crime that they've created, particularly in the election, in the election ads that they'll start running next year. Mm. Yep. Here, let me, let me just finish this, actually. It's pretty good. Republicans are not only not interested in discussing inequality or poverty in the and the relationship of both to violent crime. They even have a handy rejoinder to anybody who wants to talk about crime, particularly crime committed in minority neighborhoods. For them, it's not inequality or even poverty that leads to crime, particularly violent crime. It's character, right? And character, more often than not, is simply a stand-in reference for racial minorities or, at best, poor people. They know it's like a mantra because they've been saying it for years. Poverty is just fine. Don't worry about it. It's not causing crime. You could just look at those folks and see their criminality. As my right-wing colleague talk show host Dennis Prager asserts, it's not material poverty that causes violent crime, but poor character. It's sort of like it's not the um, system that causes inequality. It's the people, right? The system's working just fine. It's just you. You're just not motivated enough. You, you need another kick. You need another kick in the ass. That's the Republican way, as you see the way they're cutting lifelines all all over the country, their way to um, motivate you, because you're not motivated enough as the working class who can't save $400, who live check to check, you know, you're not motivated enough. You got to be, you you have to be um, beaten a little more to get back to work. Go work. Uh, and get your get if you get the pandemic, that's your patriotic duty. If you get COVID, oh well, just die, and um, somebody else will take your place. <sighs> Trump's administration can't. Um, oh, excuse me. Even claimed to reverse the arrow of causation, arguing that poverty is caused by violence, and therefore we don't need to give poor people money, but instead we need to throw more cops at them. But to break the cycle of poverty, he said in March of 2017, we also must break the cycle of violence. Of course, they're wrong t- taking this out of um, the American political and social context altogether. A, social, a, uh, a study published by the National Institute of Health about the impact of poverty in China is instructive. The study looked at two years of homicides across China and found that poverty and low income levels are positively related to the homicide rate. But don't expect the Republicans to wake up any day soon. This is just science, after all, and um, they will never, ever vote to raise taxes on billionaires and corporations that own them. And they will never work 
to use tax money to reduce poverty and inequality in America. Crime, after all, helps beat the Democrats and ultimately democracy. So, nor do they want to restructure our society in a way that gives working people the power to demand high wages and better working conditions, a.k.a. unions, thus reducing both poverty and inequality. And you can bet your bottom dollar they'll continue complaining about the crime that they've created, particularly in the election ads they will start running next year. Yep. It's infuriating. One, one last thing. Here, this, I just want to talk about this just to end the show with. <sighs> this woman. I don't know if you saw it, but here she is. Where is it? Right there. I, uh, I see... Um, Again, Jim, thank you for your super chat. And thank you, Richard W., for your super chat and your kind words. Another great show, Tara. I really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Give the show a good review on iTunes. Okay? I haven't, I haven't had a review in a while. All right? We need more. We need more people. And become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Thank you. All right. Excuse me. So, did you see this woman? No vaccine. Woman arrested for allegedly driving through vaccination site in protest. Thank you, Republicans. Yet again, Republicans spreading their bullshit. We, we have to live in the consequences of Republican policies all the time. The hellscapes they create. I think about those people that were murdered yesterday by another nut, gun nut, that these pricks armed. Think about that you can't even go to work, you can't go to so you can't go to work, you can't go to concerts, you can't go to school, you can't go to the grocery store. Freedom From the Washington Post, Timothy Bella writes as a coronavirus vaccination tent was set up in the hope of inoculating more residents in Maryville, Tennessee. Sheriff's deputies working at the site this week saw an SUV speeding their way, and the person behind the wheel wasn't slowing down for a shot. Instead, Virginia Christine Lewis Brown, four names she's got, was protesting the vaccine by driving her Chrysler Pacifica at a high rate of speed, through a vaccine tent in a mall parking lot. No vaccine! Freedom! She yelled Monday as she plowed through the tent. According to witness accounts and sheriff's deputies, Brown, age 36, and there she is. Uh, it looks like she's got a tear streaking down her stupid face. And what do you want to bet she voted for... For, for the con man. Of course she did. Brown, 36, was arrested for driving through a vaccination tent and placing the lives of seven workers in danger. This is what Republicans have done to us. There's no unity. There's no let's um, come together as a country and overcome this pandemic. 
they always, like El- like they always do, they exploit the fissures of disunity to ensure that the American people are at each other's throats. And they activate the dum-dums. You see, that's because they're evil. Like uh, Rick Wilson said, they are evil. You know what evil is? When you know that when you're in the, a, a, a position of leadership, you know that y- you have responsibility. With great power comes great risk of responsibility. You have the responsibility to, you, first of all, you understand that some people in your constituency, some people that you will encounter, might not be that smart. They might be mentally ill. So you want to do your best to, to not activate them in negative ways, not feed their fevered dreams and nightmares with, um, with conspiracy theories and lies. Not because not only does it upset the the mentally ill person, it also reverberates in the community. So you could be a, a normal person, a, a normal patriotic person, trying to help your country overcome this deadly pandemic by vaccinating your fellow Americans, and in comes one of the uh, a, a a stochastic terrorist activated but well i guess it's the the person who does the activating is this stochastic terrorist but where do you think this moron got her ideas breitbart well infowars alex jones tucker carlson absolutely they're not coming up with these ideas on their own. They're coming up with it through incessant, nonstop, repetitive propaganda, right-wing propaganda that tells them not to be, not to trust, not to trust their fellow Americans, not to trust the vaccine. If people are trying to, what are we trying to do? Who wants to track her? They think that, um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Gates is trying to he wants to put tracking devices in the vaccine for what reason would anybody want to track her nobody cares Virginia Christine Lewis Brown you're not that important Look at it. Nobody cares. You think Bill Gates wants to know your whereabouts? We hope you disappear. And when you do, guess what? Nobody will care. The sun will rise. The sun will set. The world will spin. And no one will blink. So who? why would we go through all the trouble of trying to make a tiny tracking device in a vaccine. So, for you? That, because I guess for them, they, it's hard for them to fathom 
how just how um, what non-entities they truly are. So they they have to behave like this. Instead of changing the world for the better, what are they doing? Making it worse. Where is it? Brown, 36, was arrested for driving through a vaccination site. She's been charged with seven counts of, felo- of felony reckless endangerment because she didn't kill somebody. or she, That's just dumb luck. That's it. Tennessee attorneys claim each count carries penalties that include a possible prison sentence of 1 to 15 years and a fine up to $10,000. That's it. Brown of Greenbeck, Tennessee, did not immediately return a request for comment. It's unclear whether she has an attorney, but it's probably a public defender because, you know, those liberals, those filthy liberals thought that she, like all people, deserve a defense. And if you can't afford one, one would be provided of you for you. You know, those liberals. Whereas, what would Republicans do? They would just be like, fucking kill her, shoot her. Hang her high. Street justice, cops, and, you know, send the mobile execution van. Well, she's white, so that wouldn't happen. This week's incident occurred as demonstrators from anti-vaccine protesters have unfolded nationwide. Why? Because of right-wing propaganda. Again, this is what they do to this country. Look at this. So there are people, here's California, people lined up in their cars waiting to get the vaccine, and then they got to encounter a whole bunch of Trumpanzies, mental midgets, morons, Tucker Carlson victims to harass them in their cars. This this is the world Republicans have created. Oh, can we get some bipartisanship? Bipartisan, bipartisan. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm concerned. Bipartisan, bipartisan. Well, let's get bipartisanship. We have to unify with the traitors. See, you just go away. Look at them. End the lockdown. The FDA just Hold on, hold on. Stupid ad. Ed, out of control. End the lockdown. Well, you know, the lockdown would have been ended a long time ago if the Republicans weren't lying, downplaying the coronavirus, telling people bullshit. It's going to disappear like magic, like hardly nobody has it. Oh, my God. Although the number of U.S. coronavirus cases on Wednesday was the lowest in roughly a year, only about 40% of the population is fully vaccinated. In Tennessee, more than 31% of the population is fully vaccinated, ranking the state among 
the lowest in the nation. Of course it is. Just secede already, Tennessee. The incident happened, except for normal people there. We can find a place for you normal people. The incident happened Monday morning at a vaccine site operated by the Blount County Health Department in Maryville, a suburb of Knoxville. The Maryville Daily Times reported that workers with the health department and the Tennessee National Guard were among the 15 people operating the tent at the time. Sheriff's deputies said they saw the SUV motoring through the cones they set up in the parking lot, and it kept speeding towards them. An incident report from the sheriff's deputy notes that Brown allegedly told the personnel personnel there that she was not there for the vaccine. The deputies reported that Mr. Ms. Brown did not stop at the check area at the entrance of the tent, but continued through the tent at a high rate of speed and then exited the tent out of the parking lot. As Brown drove to a nearby bank, workers at the vaccine site told police how the Chrysler almost hit them. I had several victims tell me she almost hit them as she fled through the tent at high speeds. I was advised that they were within inches and feet of the vehicle as it came through the tent. Several victims stated that they thought the driver was going to kill them. Um, It's not a coincidence that these right-wing fascist terrorists use the same tactics as the ISIS terrorists that they supposedly loathe. You know, they're using vehicles as weapons. When officers detained her, Brown acknowledged that she had driven her car through the site to protest the vaccine, claiming she was only driving at five miles an hour. Police records show she was taken into custody and was released on bond, bond, a bond totaling $21,000 pending a court hearing. She is scheduled to be arraigned, or no, scheduled for a June 7th hearing. Who cares? In her mugshot, she appears to have a single tear rolling down her cheek. Somebody should smirk that fucking tear. Legally and peacefully. Corey Gouge, a spokesperson with the Tennessee Department of Health, told the Washington Post that the county could not comment because it's an ongoing investigation. We are grateful for the work and the service of our Blount County Health Department staff who are working to protect and promote health care services in the community, including offering the COVID vaccine. We hope this incident does not deter anyone who is seeking services from the health department today or in the future. Oh, it will, though. That's the point of terrorism, isn't it? (sighs) Do you see what we're up against? Freedom! No vaccine! Yes, Jim on the chat. Was she yelling, pro-life? Of course she was. In her mind, I'm here to protest the vaccine. 
Because I, uh, 600,000 dead are not enough. We want more death. More, more sickness. That's the Republican way. Freedom. All right, my friends. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Thanks for hanging out. You're the best. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for your patronage. Thanks for your super chats. Thank you. Just thank you. All right? We're going to meet. We're gonna, I don't know if I can do a show tomorrow, but we'll definitely be getting together on Saturday or in the 8 p.m. vicinity. All right, guys? That's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for letting me vent. Thanks for keeping me sane. And joining Discord, joining our community on Discord. Not flat leaving like some, like our like my former number one fan for some reason deleted his account. Now I now you know what sucks? What's really annoying too about that? Cuz now it says deleted account all over the fucking Discord page. Just leave your fucking account up. You know? Deleted account. Now now when people go to the Discord they're going to be like what's this deleted account everywhere cuz he he put like uh, tons of messages all over the place so now it all says deleted account deleted account ruining the experience and making it look like i don't know who the fuck knows it just annoys me it really does i'm venting i'm sorry yes i need to vent it's painful it hurts you're trying, you're doing, you're trying, and then you get deleted account. Like, <sighs> relax. Haiku would never leave me. Don't ever leave me, Haiku. Oh, yeah, and happy birthday, Errol. It's Errol's, Errol's birthday tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, Saturday, right? Saturday. Right? And don't ever leave me either, Daniel and Jim and Richard W. and Jim and Paradou and Mark. You better not leave me, Mark. Right? Errol, you better not leave me. White Rabbit and Elise and Tony. No, no, no. And River, you better not. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do if you do, but whatever. And Arthur, you better not leave me. And who else better not leave me? Where's my other one? And Anthony... Better not. That's that. All right, guys, guys, guys. Did I miss anybody that better not leave me? Tom, you better not leave me there, Tom. 
You're the best. Happy birthday, Errol. Happy birthday, Mr. President Errol. And White Rabbit, better not leave me. All right, guys, listen up. We well, we have each other. We better. I better not leave you either. Okay. Goes both ways. Guys, 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 guys. Where's my cats? No cats. Okay. We will win. Thank you, Haiku. Haiku says never, never. That's right. We will win because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. And you're right, Richard, it's their loss. If they don't, they don't, if they know what's good for them, they will become a member of the Tarabuster community, going and growing and unapologetic liberal talk and community, really. We will win. We're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for everything. And I'll see you. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Probably. Most likely Saturday. Saturday night. 8 p.m. <laughs>